space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Happy Arn Darwin. Happy Arn Darwin to you. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> well, welcome to day two. Day two, episode fifty B of uh, it is <laughs> of our show of the Look at His Butt show, and I'm wearing my Look at His Butt T-shirt, uh, which got got a lot of attention today. It did, which was good. Uh, so let's let's start at the beginning, which is actually last night. Okay. So last night we we got here. Did we do a podcast? We last did night? a podcast last night, but it was sort of very short. Okay, and, uh, you know. So after we did that, mm-hmm. we decided that because yesterday actually was the official mm-hmm. 40th anniversary, we should watch an episode yeah. of original series. Right. And lo and behold, what did we have with us? We brought with us the DVD collection that we had actually gotten at the Shatner weekend that was given to us as a gift, which is a really nice collection of time travel stories. Mm-hmm. So the the uh, w- there were two TOS. These episodes. are the ones that were not hushed up by the government, which we will get to. Later. That's that's right. <laughs> so uh, we had the time travel episode called "Tomorrow Is Yesterday." Yes. And we watched that, and it was really fun to see that. And uh, there were some really fun things about it that, that we liked and there's a lot of kirk light oh. boy was there a lot we of were drowning in kirk light it was so nice it was really nice and there was a great moment we we were very much in tune maybe from being confined in a car together for several hours <laughs> where we were making the same comments at the same time mm-hmm. and there was a point at which um kirk and sulu are, are down in the uh the the base uh-huh. and Sulu beams up or gets captured or something, and Kirk sort of slumps with this expression on his face, and we both said, oh, fuck. It was really funny. And that is absolutely the expression he had on it his was. face. And his body language, everything was, oh, fuck. Oh, it was great. There was also another really funny part. Uh, if you remember the episode, um, they they accidentally get back in time, mm-hmm. and they accidentally destroy an airplane. Whoops! <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And uh, they have Captain Christopher, who comes on the ship, and there's a big discussion about whether they can return him without disrupting the time stream, and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then they end up having to go to Earth, not wearing any sort of costume, still wearing their uniforms. So there's a very funny scene where Sulu and Kirk are sort of skulking along the corridor, and one of the guards comes, and they turn around, and they run! <laughs> and, like, and I said, it's just like a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> and then they press themselves up against the wall, very, very theatrically. It was. Another memorable thing about the episode is there are two instances of Spock fucking up. Yeah. Making Big time. mistakes. Big time. He it, also informs him that the... Apparently, they studied this on Vulcan that it is scientifically proven mm. proven that skulking around stealthily takes longer. He says it than just going somewhere. I know, and we also in this episode you also discover that um, Kirk missed the elective in time travel because <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy taking the lock picking course at the right. academy. Because, but it came in handy. It did come in handy. Spock gives him this whole long speech about how it could affect the past, and he's acting like he's never heard any of this before. It's mm-hmm. a totally new concept to him. And we figured he must have missed that class. The time cops did not make him go. It was an elective, as you said. Speaking of cops, Spock was being the exposition police he at was. that point. He was. He was. <laughs> but that's part of why the time cops hate him, hate, hate Kirk, because, you know, he never took the class. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. He does what he wants, and yeah. the time cops have to clean it up they have to 100 it up. years later. Right. So everything ended up all right in the end, which was a good thing. Which is very strange, because it shouldn't have, based on everything they were telling us. Exactly. And somehow they managed to go back into the future and arrive at exactly the same point at which they left, which is... Pretty much, Pretty yeah. unbelievable, really, Right. when you consider it. You know what else was striking me when they were talking about, well, we have to take Captain Christopher back with us and... You know, he we can't let him stay on mm-hmm. Earth. He knows too much about the future. 
and he's not prepared to do anything in the future, and isn't this a tragedy? And they used the slingshot effect to mm-hmm. get back, and I was going, okay, they like replayed that whole thing in Star Trek Four. Mm-hmm. They used the slingshot to get back, but also they had Jillian to contend yeah. with, and there was never this question of, okay, Jillian knows who we are and everything else, and now she knows too much of the future. She was the one who jumped on mm-hmm. board, and then they had no worries about her coming there and fitting in. Well, presumably it was because um, in the original timeline when this happened, shortly after the you know the events that were supposed to happen, she got run over by a cable car. Oh, okay. They Thank didn't you. tell you that, but, no. but I knew that. Okay. Somehow, yeah. All right, good. I'm really, really glad we we cleared all that up. Um, this particular episode, Tomorrow Was Yesterday, is also notable for an incredible amount of hammy acting when the ship is going from side to side and the actors are just throwing themselves around the set. It was hilarious. And at one point, Sulu throws himself a whole beat earlier than everybody, <laughs> everybody else on the ship. So he's kind of the, the canary in the mine. He is, that. he is. And Nimoy throws himself so hard that he actually falls off his chair and onto the ground. Also... Uh, panty shots. We saw Uhura panty. We saw Kirk panty. Yeah. There was really a lot of underwear. Badly staged fight scene that was very funny. It was hilarious. But we did have to replay the one part where these Kirk threw himself <laughs> in two guys, and one guy managed to slip his hand in and do a good grope of he did, Kirk's right, basket. Right between his legs. Yeah. It was quite amazing. So that was, that was fun. It, it was, was exciting. It was very fun to watch that. Um, and then we were tired and we passed out. Pretty much. Pretty much. And it, the vodka helped. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we had some some yummy flavored vodka, all the way from New Zealand. Yeah. So then we got up and we went down and had breakfast. And not ten feet from the door of our hotel room, we were accosted. <laughs> accosted by happily accosted, happily accosted by some people that we had been looking forward to meeting, and we had a very nice little chat with them. And they knew who we were because yeah. we had been saying over and over in so many podcasts, one of us each day will be wearing the Look at His Butt shirt. Mm-hmm. And they knew who we were because Lena had it on. Tomorrow's my day to wear my yeah. Look at His Butt shirt. So that was so nice. Yes. So we had a very nice chat. We went down. We picked up our press credentials and our passes, which was wonderful. We were thrilled. And very minimum security, like they didn't even ask us for ID. Nope. We just, just said, that's who we are. I, it felt like one of those times when you're trying to scam your way into a club, and you kind of look over to see the names on the list. <laughs> and you say, oh, that's me. Yeah. I'm, I'm that person right there. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me in. Yep. We could have done that because they weren't paying any attention at all. We could have. Well, hell, I was about ready to try to steal Shatner's packet there. I know. It was just sitting, and the money. They had a whole bunch of money sitting there. <laughs> and I'm going to... Trust oh my God! In all the, the the years they've been running these cons, they have sure not not learned yeah. a lot. But maybe they don't need to. Maybe all the Trekkies are are just such honest, honorable. That's and that's um, nice people. That's a nice you know, living by the Prime Directive and and all that other stuff. Um, so one thing that we did find out um, was that there will not be any press with either Bill or Leonard. So we aren't going to be able to speak with them one on one. Right, and so we're not allowed to interview celebrities. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know what these press passes get us yeah. as far as access to anything. But I, nothing, probably. But we do get to talk with fans, and we are going to try to do some fan interviews. Yes, we did. And normally you're not supposed to do any sort of recording at this, so that was pretty cool that yeah. we are going to mm-hmm. be able to record and talk to people. Yeah. So what, what happened after So we went to the dealer room. We went to the dealer's room. Oh, and we found a piece of crap that we do not know if Bill has conquered or not because I could not find one with mm-hmm. a Kirk image on it. Air freshener, yeah, to hang in your car. Mm-hmm. Maybe they make them. We're going to have to look on the internet to see if we can find them. What would Kirk air freshener smell like? <gasps> oh my, I don't know. Like him? Yeah, presumably. I don't know. Maybe you could ask him that tomorrow. What would Kirk air freshener smell yeah, like? Yeah, F Bill. We're not allowed to talk to celebrities. No, no, no. I meant during the question and answer period. Oh, when I'm pretending to just be idiotic me? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and that'll be my say, question. Sure. Excuse me, Mr. Shatner. <laughs> Can you tell me? <laughs> I sure he'd appreciate that. I'm sure. I'm sure he um, would. So just a, a few words on the con. We found out from somebody else that this con was in, intentionally designed to be a smaller type of con. We were both a little surprised when we went down to the dealer room, which is very small. It's nice. I mean, mm-hmm. There's quite a lot of good stuff there, but it's very small compared to what we are used to at cons. So the max for this is supposed to be 1,000 people. 1,000 people. Which is small. Uh, in Las Vegas, 20,000 people. Yep. That's what they had in Vegas. But um, 
we don't know, and it would be interesting to find out what is there a deliberate limitation like that on the Chicago convention yeah. that's going on this same weekend? Mm-hmm. So we'll try because to that's find also out. run by um, by the creation. creation. So we'll try to find that out. But we thought that that was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. and there seemed to be a lot of people. There were a lot of people in the dealers' room. Uh, and we kind of wandered around. And Very looked. friendly people, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we saw Dominic Keating walking down the hallway, and he looked like he was drunk. Yeah, and this was like at noon. <laughs> He's like, ah. Yeah, he looked, his eyes were pretty unfocused. He had right. a nice tan, though, mm-hmm. I have to say. So he probably just came back from Hawaii with a Mai Tai in his hand. And oh, and we have to talk about, you know, the discovery of the great bargain that... Um, if you will remember back several weeks ago when I gave Lena a very late birthday gift, mm-hmm. among, it, among the gifts was a piece of crap magnet, which of, I love, Apollo. Yeah, I have it right next to my desk at work. And I got it for fifty cents. Yeah, it's selling at the con for three dollars. Three dollars. So don't let anybody tell you that Trekabilia does not appreciate in value. Yeah, we could have made a killing if we just bought like a thousand of them and sold them for a buck a piece. Yeah, doubled our money. Doubled our money. Um, we also saw. Uh, one of the, the dealers in the dealer room was selling nothing but bootleg DVDs, which is very interesting. So we looked through all the titles, and one of the things he had was a collection of um, Battle of the Network Stars. We were very excited by this because Bill has been on Battle of the Network Stars. In fact, he was captain of the team. Several times. Several times, and we've seen clips from it, and he looks great, and there's one where he's in a bathing suit. And he's wet. And he's wet. And, he, and he's running and being athletic and being the captain of the team and kind of exhorting his teammates on. And there were four episodes, I think, on this collection. I think so. And none of them were the ones that he was in. I guess. So, like, who cares? Why? So, very, very disappointing. Right. Right. But the guy did have a lot of other interesting bootleggy mm-hmm. stuff, so that was kind of cool. And um, a number of interesting t-shirts, but it's it's really fun. I, funny because, I guess because of this being the limited number... Mm-hmm. In many of them, they're, they're like sold out or close to sold out mm-hmm. of them already. And I saw a couple t-shirts I really wanted in a medium. And I guess all the medium-sized people were there yesterday and bought them <laughs> because they had the good What Would Kirk shirt mm-hmm. do, which I want to replace my old one. And uh, they had a really neat long-sleeved 40th mm-hmm. anniversary shirt that on the back listed all the episodes of all the series. That's a good shirt, yeah. And that was only in humongous sizes. So I did get a black 40th anniversary Which t-shirt. It's a great shirt, yes. A very and good uh, shirt. so that was very cool. Mm-hmm. They also had this year, which I'd never seen before, banners, vinyl banners, the kind that you might see actually at a con up on the wall, made of a nice heavy material, very brightly colored, and they say 40th anniversary on them. And there were differently themed ones. So there was a Spock one and a Kirk one and um, show ones, like one for DS9 mm-hmm. and one for Voyager and ones for actors. And they had very large ones that they were auctioning. Mm-hmm. They also had smaller versions that they were selling. What were they, like 25 bucks a piece or something? Something like that. None of the Kirk ones. Totally sold out of the Kirk ones. Yep. Why didn't they order twice as many of them? I don't know. But should we talk about the auction a little? Yeah. So okay. um, they've had an auction every day, and they have different items that they auction off. Um, some of them are things that you could only ever get at the con. Some things are signed. And some are other things that you could get. Like they had just plain old T-shirts and right. some mugs that weren't autographed and things like that. Um, and one of the things that they were auctioning off were the great big banners, which must have been, what are they, like five by six or something? I mean, they're big. They are big. Yeah. And uh, we, we ran into somebody, Itty, mm-hmm. one, one of the people who recognized us from the t-shirt, and she had gotten the Kirk banner yesterday. Mm-hmm. Ra. So today, the second Kirk banner was auctioned off for $400. And from what I saw at today's auction, we'll have to check with somebody who was at yesterday's, that was the most money... Au- for really for, any for anything items? wow but the interesting thing is when you um bid on the banners and not necessarily on all the other items but it came with along with the banner an autograph ticket so you could get bill uh-huh. or leonard or whoever to autograph this and one of the people we were chatting with said you know that's really kind of stupid because everybody who's in the gold seating automatically gets autographs Mm -hmm. and a lot of those people are bidding on these things they've already got an autograph ticket and he said why don't they include a photo op because that that would be great you would think so you would think that they would do that and they could get a lot more money then too Mm -hmm. but anyway they didn't ask us because we could have told them how to do it right because we always know these things yes so um so the auction was fun Mm -hmm. 
I bid on something kind of inexpensive as a gift for somebody, but I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So that was our whole participation in the auction, right. I think. Um, we, we were there for a little trivia contest that right. they had, which was really fun, and you posed a good question. Mm-hmm. And so let's settle this once and for all. <laughs> my question, and I knew the answer mm-hmm. thanks to my Star Trek fitness program, um, not in air date, but in order of which they filmed the episodes, mm-hmm. what is the first episode in which Spock calls Kirk Jim? Mm-hmm. And when you asked me that, I immediately answered the wrong answer. But it was the same wrong answer <laughs> as the trivia contest, so that was good. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I'd been which totally was stupid. Naked time. Right. But that's not it. Nope. He calls him Jim in Where No Man Has Gone Before. Which is amazing. The pilot. Yeah. When he's telling him he has to kill Gary. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I really hadn't processed that. Like, I'm sure I noticed it when I watched mm-hmm. the episode, but I didn't have it in my brain. Yep. That was the first time. So, so that was a good question. But because somebody was able to answer that question, I didn't get any, like, stump the band sort of prize. But yeah. still, it was fun. It was good. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a panel today that we attended. That's right. There were four different actors there. Um, there was Sean Kenny, who played Captain Pike in um, the Menagerie episode. So No, the cage? No, in Menagerie. Okay, I get them mixed up. Yeah, the cage is the real one with Jeffrey okay, Hunter. Okay, okay. So he played crippled Pike in the wheelchair. Okay, thank and he, you. He was, he was interesting. I'll get to the crazy stuff in a second, but he just talked about the makeup and, and that. He was very young at the time. He was mm-hmm. like 25 or 26. Well, he said he's like 64 now. Yeah. And he looks quite he young. He looks great, yeah. A couple of people commented on that. Yeah. Um, we also saw uh, Don Marshall, who was Lieutenant Boma. And he was in the Galileo 7 episode. He was also in Land of the Giants. Right. Um, Charlie Brill, who was Arn Darwin, which is why we opened this by saying, Happy Arn Darwin! He told this very funny story about Leonard being a pal of his and getting him a job on Star Trek. And that's what Gene said when he saw him. And he thought it was some sort of holiday. So, so he greeted him with, Happy Arn Darwin! He was very funny. Yeah, he was great. And then the other guy, I think, was a last-minute substitution for Barbara Luna. Yes, Barbara Luna wasn't there, and we were disappointed and by that. you know, his name is not even on here. I, I was just looking on the website to see um, if we could find Well, and, him. okay, in no insult to the guy, but they were just really sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel to get a fourth guy <laughs> because he played, like, Odo's assistant. Yeah, in a DS9 couple of episodes. Uh, so I, he had some interesting stories to tell, but I think... We were pretty primed to see uh, Barbara Luna. Right. And she wasn't there. But um, tell about your little Charlie oh, Brill story. W- William Wellman. William Wellman. That's his name. Okay. Um, this Which story? Well, about the NPR thing. Oh, so um, Charlie Brill was talking about an experience. Wait, for those of you who don't know, Charlie Brill played Arne Darvin <laughs> yeah. in Trouble with Tribbles mm-hmm. and then again later in Trials Trouble and Tribulations. Right. And he's this now little old Jewish man with a great accent. I mm-hmm. love his accent. And he's very funny. So when he started telling this story, I remembered what I had heard it. And he told a little story today about how he and his wife, Mitzi, used to have a comedy act in the early 60s. And they got their big break to be on the Ed Sullivan Show. And they were booked the same night as the Beatles. And they got to meet the Beatles and, and hang out with them a little bit. But it basically torpedoed their comedy careers because nobody cared who was on the show that night. And also, he said, they went on right after the Beatles. Yeah. So the audience was still screaming. And so nobody was hearing their jokes. Uh-huh. And it was... It's, um, so I when he told that story, I remembered that I had heard he and his wife on a segment on NPR in which they talked about this at length. And it was so good. And I will put the link up on the blog because people should listen to it. It's pretty long. It's like one of those This American Life things, but it's about half an hour. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how they had been an act like Elaine May and Mike Nichols where they did um, sketches on mm-hmm. stage. It wasn't stand-up comedy. It was that kind of um, social commentary sketch comedy, which was pretty popular at the time. And they were on their way up. And this was their big break to be on the Ed Sullivan Show. And then this happened, and it killed their careers dead. And they had to go do other things, so they ended up writing material for other people. And they were very successful as writers, but they never got that second chance at performing. 
and the whole NPR segment was built around them watching the tape of themselves from the Ed Sullivan show, the first time they'd seen it since it had been on, and hearing their genuine reactions to it. So it's a wonderful segment. The cool thing was, after we got done with the panel, I went to get some coffee, and there was Mitzi standing at the counter ordering some food. So I spoke to her for a little bit, and I told her how much I had enjoyed that, and she said they had gotten more compliments and feedback on the NPR thing than they had ever had on anything that they had ever done. And I said, it was so touching because it was real. And she said that that's what everybody says, that it wasn't them being characters or them trying Mm -hmm. to be funny. It was just them talking about something. So I was really glad I got to talk to her. such a sweet little woman. And Charlie was definitely the most entertaining of the panelists. And uh, so now let's talk about um, (laughs) Crippled Pike. You know, I keep wanting to call him Aragorn. Well, at one point after this had all wrapped up, I, I said to Lena, okay, in the contest for who is the most egotistical and wacky, who would win, this guy or Gary Lockwood? Uh-huh. And Lena said Lockwood. Lockwood. Because, but, well, here's why. So this guy um, talked about how he'd been an actor and he had done a lot of TV, and then he got into photography, and that's basically what he's been doing. And, oh, and he's a writer, too, now. Right. Everyone is a writer, as we know. And out of the blue, um, when he was answering some questions about whether he liked science fiction, he went off on this whole tangent about how in Montauk, you know, like the Philadelphia experiment, it was the Montauk experiment where the government was doing these time travel things and they actually made it work, but it was all hushed up and it was a big secret. And and he's telling this, it started out him saying, well, this is, the question was, do you like other science Uh, fiction? And he's saying, I read this really good book. That you all know, you all know about this. And as he's talking, you realize... This isn't a fiction book, and he really believes this. He believes it. He believes that the government did time travel experiments. He also believes that the government had a successful remote viewing program. Remote viewing is when you have a person who um, thinks that they can see things far away. So sitting in this hotel room, you could see your house and tell what was going on and if Buster was in the backyard or in the living room. Mm -hmm. And that's how they spied on the Russians. I'm really surprised nobody asked him about... um JFK and Marilyn and Elvis all it living was, together it somewhere in It was going Texas. in that direction. <laughs> we were sort of sitting there in the audience giving each other looks, and our mouths were sort of hanging open slightly. <laughs> Whoa, he's crazy. And I said that the reason that Lockwood is more crazy than this guy is because if Lockwood had told that story, he would have said, and I did time travel, and I did remote viewing. I invented that. And I don't give a shit who knows exactly. it. Government can't stop me from telling you about it. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great to see the two of them trying to top each other with stories? Oh, my God. Yes, yes. So he's a whack job. He's a whack job. But entertaining. Yes. Now, um, also, sort of like in between the different events, as they're doing resets and everything, um, somebody that I know a little bit from online but had never met in person showed up. Her name is Ava. She is gorgeous. Mm. She was dressed in the best TOS uniform I have ever ever seen Mm -hmm. she had on a great wig she had on great hoop earrings and she looks like uhura's younger sister yep and uh, you know she was like the star of the con Mm -hmm. at that point people were lining up to get their picture taken with her and then there was an asian guy who was dressed as sulu oh get the two of them together you know she oh, just amazing, and she has a beautiful smile. Oh, I mean, she, she, she was just like vamping for the pictures and smiling. Mm-hmm. Her face was lit up. That was wonderful. So that was that was very yeah. very cool. Now, uh, did we go through all that stuff? Yes. The best part for me came at the end, and we had we talked about this a little bit. We knew that this was going to happen. Um, Michael and Wendy Okuda were there. Denise, to, Denise. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, were there to talk about the new release of TOS, which we mentioned on the show and talked about how we were very skeptical about the CGI. Because we were worried about what changes they were going to make. The really cool thing was that they brought a reel to show, and I think pretty much blew everybody's minds with that. (laughs) The place pretty much went nuts, because in this reel they were showing, it's it's a promotional reel, Mm -hmm. and it's very professionally done. I mean, they have the actor who does all the movie things in the world where, (laughs) you know, he's doing the narration, and it's it's a beautiful setup. Mm -hmm. But they did shots of, like, close-ups of Kirk, which, of course, we love, but half of them were in the, the, what we consider the, the, the... traditional method, mm-hmm. the way it looks to us now, and the split screen, the other half was what they have cleaned up as far as remastering yes. from the original film. In high definition. In high definition, and it was like, oh my god, I mean, we're sitting there going, oh, Kirk, like, oh, Kirk, oh, oh, you know, just, oh. It looked like 3D. It was beautiful. It was unbelievably 
detailed and defined, and everything just jumped off the screen. And also, I had heard, you know, they were redoing the music, and I got very, very scared, because you hear redoing, and you're mm-hmm. thinking new music. No, they went and got the original scores, had an orchestra in to play these, mm-hmm. and they were just recording them using the latest technology. Mm-hmm. So they're not cha- they did not change any of the, the melodies. Mm-hmm. They did not change any of the instrumentation. It's just a much higher quality mm-hmm. recording. Yeah. And so the, the, the quote-unquote changes, and I'm making little quotation marks <laughs> with my fingers here, that they're doing are... Um, they did a new digital model of the Enterprise mm-hmm. instead of they filmed the actual little models before, mm-hmm. and now they can, you know, do much cleaner, much smoother shots and some angles they couldn't do before. Yeah. And, and they were they went to pains to to say that that they got the digital model by scanning the uh, Enterprise model that's at the Smithsonian. So I'm assuming that they did a laser scan of it the way they do with buildings, and then mm-hmm. just took it directly from that. So that it's all the detail. It's perfectly proportioned. Right. So that was cool. Um, and they showed a little bit of it. Uh, some of the other things that they have said that they're working on are showing some alien ships that we didn't get to see before. But not too much of that. Because people were asking, are you going to show, like when they say we're surrounded by ten ships, mm-hmm. as they do in deadly years. Uh-huh. We only saw two. Mm-hmm. And they said we're, we're doing very little of that. Yeah. They also said... Um, that in the original series, there were only ever four shots of the Enterprise orbiting around a planet. Mm-hmm. And they were just different, like they colored the planet differently. So they're going to add a few more of those, and you'll see the ship from different angles that we might not have seen it from before. So, right, okay. but they're not, they're not making script changes, mm-hmm. story changes. They're not, as I, as I said, I'm, I'm really, really, I was so pleased to hear they're not actually changing the music because... That music is an integral part mm-hmm. of that storytelling. Yep. So they're they're basically doing some geeky stuff, uh-huh. you know. Oh, the Enterprise flying through space a little more smoothly. To me, that's that's on the nice to have list. Mm-hmm. But to see this totally cleaned up, beautiful color, beautiful. And somebody even asked, "Are you going to you know fix the walls in the background because they're not that good?" And I was like, "You fix those walls, and I'll slap you because." <laughs> We're watching these things with those beautiful washes on mm-hmm. them, and that so enhance the actors' features. Mm-hmm. I mean, they those they never look flat against those colors, and now they just pop. They do. We're we're both very very, very excited. excited. Now tell them the question you asked. So my the first thing I thought of was, are these going to be? So, so let's back up a second. What's going to happen is they're showing them on television first, starting in like a week, a week in syndication as mm-hmm. it was before. They are going to release it on DVD, but there's no date for when that's actually going to happen. But, of course, it's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to do it. So I wanted to know, are the versions that are going to be shown on DVD, uh, sorry, on TV, are those going to be cut or uncut? Because that whole sci-fi channel debacle really pissed me off. We mm-hmm. talked about that before. Oh, they're uncut. Well, no, they weren't uncut. They did cut stuff out. So um, Michael Okuda said the version on TV will be the syndicated version with cuts. The version on DVD will be the uncut version. Right. So when you see it on TV, it will have cuts. There will be the those, similar cuts. The similar what we cuts see that you because seen they show more commercials. They now, show more commercials, so it'll be like more. the beginnings and the ends of scenes. So mm-hmm. when you see it, be prepared for that and don't freak out. It's not just the beginning and ends of scenes. So when you watch Mirror Mirror on TV mm-hmm. now, they cut that whole little discussion of Kirk and Marlena talking about the Tantalus mm-hmm. device. Mm-hmm. That's right. So yeah. when it opens up later and she uses it to zap those guys who was You're stealing, like, what? You, what? Yeah. What? So just FYI, so that you know that. You know, I'm looking at the schedule that's posted on the website, and it does not say the Akutas were going to be here. Oh, okay. But it, we knew they were doing a presentation yeah. of the CGI stuff. Yeah, that was all. Um, and they're, they're doing it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really, really excited about that. And one of the things I am really excited to see if it will happen is we have always heard that there were things that were were cut for syndication Mm -hmm. and were lost and among them are the scenes of Nona bathing in the (laughs) river you know the last time I saw that on the DVD Mm -hmm. the most current DVD that's out there the scene starts you see Kirk watching her and you see her coming out of the river but there's a little bit before that that isn't there So I'm wondering, did they manage to find these things? They're saying they're working from the original film, yeah, but we've know. always heard that got cut up by various stations yeah. to fit their time, and people ended up taking clips home, and I'm really wondering 
how how fully were they able to restore the integrity of yeah, that? Yeah, well, we'll just have to wait of and the see. Story. They also told us that there are some very short clips. On, is it the StarTrek.com website? Yes. So you can see a little bit of what we were just talking about. I guess the reel that they showed today was about two minutes mm-hmm. total, and they said short clips, so I'm thinking maybe 15 or 20 seconds worth is there. And you know what um, I noticed? At the beginning of the first reel they showed us, it's like a shot of all of them, you know, one of the famous shots or something, and it says they fired our imagination. Mm-hmm. And it was so much like the beginning of the trailer for Star Trek VI, which is such a fantastic trailer, and it's online. I think it's posted to YouTube or something. If you have never seen it, go see it. And if you are a Trekkie into TOS, if you don't have goosebumps when you're watching that, you're dead. You have no bumps to goose at that point. And I was like, are, are they, what? Are they, you know, doing the same thing? And, of course, they take it in the direction of, of what they're showing. But, again, it was... It was very smart mm-hmm. in that, that clip that it was the whole thing of we're taking what you, you know and putting it into like a more enjoyable media, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. So that was very, very It exciting. was. I'm really happy that we saw that. That was great. Um, so tomorrow is the big day. Yes. With Bill. With Bill. And Leonard. And Leonard. <laughs> that other guy. Yeah. Okay, we have to tell you one one bad thing that happened today. So when they were going to do the auction, you could get in line to to um, to just sort of briefly walk along and look at the things that were going to be auctioned off. And I thought, okay, I'll go do that. So I get in line, and who gets in line behind me but Rat Lady? And I got out of line. I'm still creeped out that I was like two feet away from Rat Lady. Yeah. So she's here, we, and we uh, might have to take her out tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really want to put up with her. But to balance that, as we were just kind of walking down the corridor, we found um, Big Cardboard Kirk. <gasps> yeah, I got <laughs> Big Cardboard Kirk autographed by William Shatner. And Standing there all by himself. All by himself. Nobody around him. So we took a whole bunch of pictures. Uh, yes. Which we're going to post one of at least. Right. But it was nice to see. And then the weird thing was we went to do something and we came back and he was gone. I know. Maybe so he walked somebody away. <laughs> Big cardboard Kurt came to life. So somebody took him away. I, I will bet you anything that's something that's going to be auctioned tomorrow. Uh, probably. So I'm so glad we took our pictures with him. Absolutely. Before. Now I have to tell you the story of my brother-in-law. Please. <laughs> okay. My sister and her husband were in New York a couple years ago, and they went to the Wax Museum. Mm-hmm. And outside the Wax Museum is Wax Picard. Outside? Outside, standing out there. Doesn't he melt in the summer? Well, he, I don't know. He was standing outside. <laughs> So, my brother-in-law had on a baseball cap, uh-huh. and, you know, so they're going to take their pictures. <laughs> and he takes off his baseball cap and puts it on Wax Picard to have his picture standing there. And the guard comes up to him and goes, don't be doing that to the captain. <laughs> That's great. Is that a new catchphrase for us? Yeah, don't be doing that to don't the captain. Don't be doing that. So I just wanted to share that because when we were doing our pictures and going, okay, stand like this and, and hold his hand and, you know, holding all the good thing is somebody's going to come up and say, don't be doing that to the captain. He's only cardboard, but you still got to show respect. Show respect. Respect the man. Don't be disrespecting the captain. Word to the captain. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. Uh, okay. So is that it for today? That is it for now. Tonight for now. we're going to um, be partying and Woo. viewing and having fun. And then, as we said, tomorrow. Big day. Big, big, big day. Big day. Okay, great. Okay, so happy Arn Darwin. <laughs> may have heard a knock at the door in our previous segment. And what was that knock at the door? It was the best surprise we could have asked for. It was a special guest. It was a special guest, <laughs> just arriving here out of nowhere, unexpected. And we were just so thrilled. 
Um, so our special guest right now is Lyra Star, who we've talked about so many times on the podcast before. Yes. Because we love her writing so very, very much. And we were thrilled to know that you were going to be here, and we were just so excited that we would get to talk with you a little bit. Um, so this is our official interview. Um, and we want to just we want to talk to you about Trek, but the very it's funny the very first thing we end up talking about is um, the the CGI thing. And how no, let's do this right. Let's the right? do this okay. right. Then the first question we ask all our guests okay. is, um, it's a two part question. Unlike the twelve part questions you heard other people probably asking today, um, when did you first? become aware of Star Trek, like see it or whatever, and at what point did you become involved in it through fan fiction? Well, when I first became aware of Trek, I didn't like it. (gasps) I was six years old, and my father would come downstairs, and he would turn off Saturday morning cartoons, and he would turn on Star Trek. It was on Saturday morning? I was in Canada. Oh, so I, yeah, it was, like I said, I was six, so I can't tell you which station this was. So it but was it, forced on you at an early age. It was forced on me, but not only that, the first one that was forced on me, coincidentally, was the man trap, and um, it was about seven years later, it wasn't the first man trap, and I had nightmares about <gasps> the salt creature. Wow. Yes, so I had actually had a lot of Trek PTSD to overcome, <laughs> and it was a rough road, and there's not a single 12-step program out there. Oh, for Trek trauma recovery. Wow. Yeah. So, so you decided to just embrace the trauma and... I did. I did. <laughs> you have to sort of learn to be one with the trauma. And, you know, like Cybot can't take it from you. You just have to accept it and go with it. And uh, finally, about four or five years later, I realized, well, I think it was the animated series, actually. When it actually became a cartoon, actually, I realized, you know, we could coexist together. <laughs> person that we've talked to who has mentioned animated series as like something that um, was a pretty big part of their Trek experience because most people we've talked to just never saw it or never watched it. They knew mm-hmm. it was there, but they didn't like right. it very much. So that's really interesting. I love the animated series. I think it's great. So are you yeah. excited for that to be coming out on DVD? I am. I am. Yes, my tapes are all stretched and poppy, and not that I couldn't have replaced them, I guess, but, you know, DVD, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime, anywhere, compressed, take with, yes. So tell us how you got involved in fan fiction. Oh, my goodness. Now, I guess I was reading the usual Marshak and Culbreath type of stuff <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom of the closet and just thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very grateful. <laughs> no, well, I guess to burn it or something like that is probably good for keeping people warm. But I'm really grateful it was there at the time because then it made me wonder after I got a computer and started finding other things online, started wondering, well, I wonder if there's any good stuff like that out there and punched a few things into Google and holy cow there was Jungle Kitty <laughs> <laughs> wow Rating stuff yeah. as outrageous and purple prose as Marshak and <laughs> <laughs> actually so you've only been in the fan fiction really a few years right yeah I guess well, I've I'm, been in it so long I shouldn't say that <laughs> yeah it, it flies by doesn't it it does it does I've had to put a rocking chair in front of the computer <laughs> but um yeah, I guess I was about 99 or so, and I was kind of computer deficient. Couldn't quite figure out Usenet, so I like got things occasionally, periodically, sometimes on one computer and not the other, and then around about uh, 2001 got really back into it when one list came out. And Is there one story that you remember as being where you read it and you went, Wow, this is great. I really like this. I don't remember when I had breakfast this morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I read a lot of stuff that made me go wow at the time, but I, I can't so think of So you can't think of one that kind of like moved you to, to, to take pen to paper yourself, as they say. And no, there wasn't an epiphany like that from the story. Okay. Yeah. So, um... Okay, so now you can talk about what you wanted to start oh, with. Oh, okay. Well, we we all just came back very recently from a panel where um, Denise and Michael Okuda were talking about the new CGI enhanced versions of TOS, Yay! which are going to be on TV and eventually on DVD, as we found out today. And one of the questions that Denise Okuda was asking as a poll was, should they change on the tombstone in Where No Man Has Gone Before, James R. Kirk to James T. Kirk to fix the mistake? And surprisingly... Not that many people said don't change it, 
Why did all those people say change it? What the I, fuck is wrong with them? <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. I was stunned, absolutely stunned. I can't understand how they could stand there and say, oh, we're going to be very true and we're going to be respectful and we're going to enhance things and we're not going to change. But I think we're going to go back and we're going to fix that little R because that was a mistake. And it, that's what I was saying. I was saying it, that to me then is over the line of yeah. we're not going to fix things and if there are... Uh, you know, continuity problems that have always existed, like one actor playing a certain role in an episode and being called a certain name, mm-hmm. and next year they're back being called a different name, they're, they're going to leave it and, you know, not not fix these stupid things. I mean, th- as fans, I think that's part of what we treasure. And also, for us fanfic writers, that is inspirational to all of us to come up with reasons for why did... Here sure. we put R on the tombstone. It's all We have to yeah. get some spackle. But where Nomad has gone before is also special, you know, for Trekkies yeah, who so pay a lot of attention to the history and pride themselves about knowing so much of the backstory and knowing the people and knowing what goes on and knowing how it was created. And there's a huge amount of continuity errors in that, and we all know that. Right. And, you know, you can't go through and you can't fix them. If they want to fix them all, they can make Spock's shirt blue and they can make your horse uniform red if they want to fix everything, but that would be silly because it was a special episode mm-hmm. and um, yeah. it's part of the history. I think that's right. I mean, I think what, what people, um, what they're trying to do, and who knows how well they're going to succeed, I guess we'll have to wait till we see it, but it's the balance between making the Star Trek universe a little more cohesive and preserving the show as a show, right? And that things like leaving the R is more about leaving it as the show that it was, whereas things like maybe letting us see a little more of the ships is more about the universe, where we just want to make things stick together a little bit better. But leave the show as the show. Don't mm-hmm. change it to a different show yeah. where that wasn't a mistake. Yeah. And it's a fine line to walk. But and I think, I think there's think also going to be arguments about what is a mistake because, you know, there, there, there are debates right now within fandom of, you know, whenever Enterprise went out and contradicted TOS and Enterprise came before TOS, but which not really, which, which is right, which is wrong. I'm going to just let it stand and let us let us live with it, let us play with it, move on. It's not a mistake. It's an evolution. And if you try to go back and change an evolution, you're going through the Guardian and you're mucking up history. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in a parallel universe and, and that chaos rules. And we might never have been born. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. And that would be a tragedy. It would. It would. So let's talk about um, Captain Kirk. Kissing Captain Kirk. Oh, let's talk about kissing Captain Kirk. I oh, know. I knew there was a reason I came to this room. I want to know, is there like a specific episode, incident, anything that happened that said to you, I have got to write a series of stories about everyone who ever kissed Captain Kirk? Because for me, that is your claim to fame. Although I have to say I'm really enjoying Snakes on a Starship. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, what are you doing now? And I start reading them, and they just blow me away. But let's talk yeah, about my mother's Captain really Kirk. proud of that too. I got to tell you, it's like you know, med school. She was kind of well. That's nice, but snakes on a plane. She says I've made it. Good, good. <laughs> good. So your mother's proud of him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, there wasn't an episode that made me want to write it. It started out with another fan fiction, and uh, I had this couple. And, uh, oh gosh, was it Anne Mulhall? Anne Mulhall, mm-hmm. when she ended up, her, her body ended up kissing mm-hmm. Captain Kirk. And right. she was telling her lover at the time about it. And I started thinking, well, gosh, what would it be like to kiss Captain Kirk? And how would you tell someone else about it? And I started thinking about all the other different ladies he'd kissed through the series and how it would be different for each of them. And, and you knew you had a hell of a lot of work ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, and uh, the Drabble thing is well, sort of controversial, I know, in fandom. But, you know, you try to sit down and write about everybody Kirk kissed through the entire show. You either got to live to 327 years old, <laughs> or you got to... <laughs> Well, the other thing is, and I give you a lot of credit for this, um, you're right, that Drabble is a little controversial, and it's because a lot of people whose basic writing skill is that they can count to 100 are writing Drabbles, Mm -hmm. and there is no point to those stories, there's no button on them, there's no joke at the end, there's no... There's uh, no reason. And there's no wholeness to it, Mm -hmm. as it took 100 words to say it, and and, and there it is, it's just 100 words. And those, the ones that you chose to do as Drabbles, they work. There's Mm -hmm. a POV, there's there's something we want to know. There is a resolution, and it's it's almost always like really satisfying. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, so many of them, you know, there's the the funny ones, the ones that make me smile, and some of them were like surprising. Some of them were actually a little scary, 
and and some were very touching. But my all-time favorite is the Janice Luster. That's a great one. Because, uh, oh, fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> oh, that sums it pretty up. Pretty much sums it up. It pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Oh, they're wonderful, wonderful stories. Now, you are you aware of, uh, there's a, a guy on MySpace who says he's Jim Kirk? And, uh, he's very funny. Very funny, and yeah. he's, he's done, like, all kinds of, of little things, and he's done questionnaires that Kirk answers. And one, it just totally made me me think of you. Was the the question was something like, "Well, who's who's the best person you've ever slept with?" And he said, "Me." <laughs> I did myself when I was in Janice Lester's body because I wanted to know what the fuss was about. It was great. He he writes. I'll, I'll send you the link. But he writes things like, uh, and, "And when Jim Kirk is answering a questionnaire, and of course there are sex questions on there. And by the time it's the third one, he says." Let me save you some time. If it starts with, do you like, and ends with sex, the answer is yes. <laughs> it's so clever. Yeah, I keep getting into these, is Kurt gay, is Kurt bi, is these sort of things in fandom, and I decide he's not bisexual, he's trisexual. I will try anything sexual. <laughs> <laughs> that is really good. So, um, what's your favorite Kirk episode? Do you have one? Oh, God. you keep asking me for these favorite questions. No, gosh. I really like eye mud. I think that's good. No, I don't have one. <laughs> don't put me down for eye mud as a favorite. That just popped into my head. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll cross you know that what? off. I think, so we watch a lot of episodes as part of doing the show and everything, mm-hmm. and I think our favorite Kirk episode is the one we've just watched. Usually, usually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, exactly. That one had way exactly. more Kirk-like it's than not, any, it's not, any other episode. You, you yeah. can't do that. Although I've got to say, he's awfully pretty in Return from the Archons. Have See, watched that in a while, and he is in a he's fabulous costume. Pretty. He's in a fabulous costume. They got fabulous yeah. lighting. He looks so good oh. in those frock coats. Mm-hmm. I was going to say we watched um, tomorrow's, tomorrow's yesterday. yesterday last night, which neither of us had watched in an awfully long time. And there is so much Kirk light in that—that that beautiful light that hits him across the eyes. We were just like falling off the back. Going, Look at that! Look how good he looks. <laughs> and you can see his underwear. <laughs> yes, that's true. There was an underwear shot. There were butt shots. There was a lot going on. It was good. It was real good. Uh, do we have that here? Or? Uh, the one we watched last night? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what we watched in honor, in honor of the 40th anniversary. Oh, yeah. And I think later on, one of the things that some people have asked to see is um, the Deep Space Nine episode that's called uh, Trials, Trials and, and Tribulations. Tribulations because, oh, that's great. Uh, partly, so they did a little bit of restoration on mm-hmm. that episode mm-hmm. with the older stuff. So it they looks did. nice and bright and mm-hmm. colors are good. So I think it will be really fun to see that, especially right. after hearing about all the, the new stuff today. Yeah. So I want to ask you, do, do people... Um, in your real life, because <laughs> we're in fantasy land now here at the oh, con. Yes, Are they aware of your involve, involvement with Star Trek? Yeah. Some of them? Oh, any of yeah. Them, all, all, of them? all of them. They yeah. all know? Oh, yeah. Your family? Your oh, friends, a everything. Star Trek? Oh, yeah. You're totally out there. That is so cool. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, well, I mean, what choice do you have? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like Richard Simmons trying to be in the closet. You just can't do it. You know what? It can't happen. So, you know. So were they all jazzed for you to be coming to Creation Con? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is this your first convention? No, I've been to several conventions. This is the first one while I've will have seen uh, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy together. Okay. What so, other conventions have you gone to? Um, go try to go to Shore Leave pretty regularly. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah. A few years back, used to go to scattered ones through the Northeast. Okay. Yeah, I went to Shore Leave. I think two years in a row, mm-hmm. but that was a long time ago <laughs> in fan years. So, um, when you're reading fanfic, do you have a preference? For any particular pairing, I mean, Kirk aside, um, are, are there things that you just like more than others? I'm not asking you favorites now. What do you like to read? You just asked me favorites. You asked me if I had a preference for a particular. No, I'm just saying. What do you like? What do you to like read? to read? I like to read good writing. I like to read long, drawn-out stories that really flesh out the characters and make me think of them in different ways, mm-hmm. and. Um, kind of make me go, gosh, I never thought of that before. And yeah, that is what he'd do. And that so so totally works. Um, like the uneasy dancers, things that I wouldn't have thought of on my own that just hadn't come to me. And when somebody else puts everything together and it all lines up, and you go, yeah, that could so happen. So what are your thoughts on these uh, movie rumors? Are they rumors only? We're still saying there's rumors because there really has not been and very little actual official announcement of yeah. something firm. Uh, the only official thing I know is that J.J. Abrams is involved. That's mm-hmm. it. That's the only official thing I've yeah. heard. And, you know, I think we just sort of heard pre-production, that early pre-production. Right, but, you know, they're I mean, saying it's, it's going to be an Academy time. story. It's not going to be an yeah. Academy story. 
Do you have any feelings on what you'd like to see them do? No. No, I'm pretty easy to get along with. Like you said, anything in some respects. <laughs> because, you know, it's kind of like, if it's not a good movie, it's a good story. If it's not a good movie, it's good fan fiction. Like you just said, if it doesn't work out the way that I think things should work out, oh, what writing potential there is to it. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Um, do you participate in other fandoms besides Trek? But the other big one is uh, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes Watson. Oh, yeah. oh that's that's it. I play around a bit, but are you a fan of any of the other um, Trek series? I like DS Nine a lot. I thought it was a good show, mm-hmm. and um, I'll watch uh, TNG if there's not much else on it. I'm a big fan of Captain Picard, mm. <laughs> but I never really got into it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever see any of Enterprise? Not a bit. Not a bit. Not even like a promo. That's probably good. Yeah, I heard there's a dog on it. I like dogs. Yeah, there's a dog. Yeah. yeah, but it's like... The captain has a dog on the ship. See, I like dogs. I love dogs, but my feeling is the function of the dog on that was kind of like... Um, we don't know how, how to to write and act and direct these characters to have three dimensions, so give them a dog. And, yeah. you know, then that, that makes him more human or or, yeah. or something. I mean, they it just did a lot... different side of him because he has a dog. Yeah. Something like that. Lazy writing. Yeah. Very lazy. That's what I thought from the two and a half hours of it that I watched. <laughs> so, are you jazzed to be seeing Bill tomorrow? I am. I am. Are you going to ask him a question? No, I would freeze. <laughs> I would totally freeze. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't pass out before I get to the photo op is my big thing. Oh, stay you're in the photo op. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, if, I don't, if I don't pass out first, stay on your feet. Stay on your feet. So, are, um, did you buy the, the gold weekend package and you're sitting yeah, up front? Yeah, I think so. I think it, well, I mean, it's all kind of a mush. It's, I think I'm in the back of the front. It's oh, okay. <laughs> so you're in the reserved. Yeah. That's cool. We're in steerage. <laughs> <laughs> we but anything. we have press passes, yeah, so technically yeah, I guess yeah, we can wander passes. around anywhere we wow. want. We, we just haven't been wow. uh, been pushing that yet to find out, you know. Well, we would have. We were a little disappointed because Barbara Luna was supposed to be here today, and she's not here. Yeah, we really wanted to. Yeah, we wanted to see her. See her, her. but um, oh well. Yeah. Well, um, I don't want to keep you too long because I know you have things to do. But um, this was great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, and and we might have a little roundtable discussion later, which I think would be fun. That would be fun. Or we may put the whole party on on the podcast. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fill up your hard drive <laughs> with this very, very blah, blah, loud, blah, blah, silly blah, blah, part. Blah, blah. Yeah, really. This was great. Thank you so much. This was fun. Much. Yeah. Look at his butt. <laughs>